0: Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazile and today my guest is Andrew Lee Oni. currently works for Piper Sandler, doing some stuff with capital markets and banks and billions of dollars. But he was a former walk-on at the Division One basketball, on the Division One basketball team for Fairfield University, and he was also the assistant to the Director of Basketball Operations the year after he was there for four years. He played in Cameron Indoor Stadium, he played in the Dean Dome, he played against Donovan Mitchell, so he's got some pretty cool stories. So I had an absolute blast chatting with Andrew, and I hope you guys learn a little bit of something from our conversation. Yes. Today's special guest, we have Andrew Leone, currently works at Sandler O'Neill & Partners in the capital markets and equity research side of the business. I don't know what any of that means, so I'm excited <laughs> to learn a little bit more about it. Formerly played for Fairfield University and was assistant to the director of basketball operations there after his time playing ended. Andrew, appreciate you hanging out with me tonight, man.
1: Awesome. No, thank you for having me. This is This is awesome, so I really appreciate it.
0: It should be fun. I'm excited to learn a little bit more about your story, but first... First question for everybody on for the love of sports is why do you love sports so much?
1: Oh, I, I, it's all I know. I think it's kind of how I go about it. I was my family. My dad is the biggest sports fan of all time. He's a New Yorker through and through. So it's like Yankees, Giants, and then New York Knicks, Rangers, and so ever since I was a really young kid, it was like we're at a Nick game, or a Yankee game, or like people say they watch shows on TV. There was no TV shows that we watched. It was like what's on tonight it's like well the Knicks are playing or the Rangers are playing or the Giants are playing or whoever um so it was kind of how I was brought up um I like to say but and then it's kind of stuck with me and I think the cool thing about sports is that it's not there's yeah it's points and whatever you want to call it but at the end of the day it's so much more and teaches you so much more about everything and people and that to me has carried me for where I am today so
0: absolutely no 100% I mean I hear that a lot now especially um doing these as often as I've been able to with everyone kind of stuck in their house and trying to take advantage of the time as we can and that's what I hear a lot of it's a lot of the community aspect it's a lot of learning the competition and it's it's really just getting better and kind of like having to go through those hard patches I did an episode a few months ago um with Amanda McGrew she created her own application she's a basketball player played uh division one as well and she made a great, great point where she was like, well, sports, it's the only place where you're forced to get better at things you're bad at because you have to keep playing. If you're bad at dribbling with your left hand, you have to learn how to dribble with your left hand if you want to continue to play basketball. And it, like, it was such a, like, a, 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 of course, kind of statement because even if you're in school, you know, I'm bad at math. All right, you're going to slack at math and you're just going to do more language arts. Like, it's just like, okay, you kind of accept it. But sports is like the only thing where you don't accept it, if, especially if you want to continue to play it.
1: Yeah, and especially for me, kind of getting into a little bit of about me, but I was always a bad student, <laughs> um, bad student. But like, I kind of sports kind of kept me going in a way. And I think that I mean, middle school and high school, or whatever. I was never the top in my class. There was none of that. Um, I was trying to fight for the bottom. But it was kind of like, all right, well, I mean, how did I get through X, Y, and Z? I, can I take that and put it into a classroom setting? You know what I mean? School never came easy, so reading and all that. it was like it was always like all right how do i make this a game and how do i try to make this so it's instead of being like oh this is math homework. all right well how do i get this amount of problems done x amount of time to kind of challenge myself which is awesome and again like you said translates through everything
0: so. i love that man and yeah I, my, my household was the exact same way um if the mets weren't on we would watch the Yankees and root for whoever was playing the Yankees. <laughs> um, if there was just a random basketball game on, my mom doesn't even like basketball, but if there were sports on, she would watch sports over anything. So growing up, that's all we watch too. And now I have two TVs. So when sports are on, I can watch all the games I want. So it's uh, it's kind of funny how that stuff flows through. So it sounds like your parents were on the same kick. My parents were, as I said, we were Mets. Sounds like you were Yankees. We were devils you were rangers yeah, we, um, yeah. we didn't really care too much about basketball we were a lot more college basketball um, but at least we agree on the giants that's nice
1: no there we go what college what college basketball team do can i ask so
0: yes and I have to preface the story, I'm a very big Duke fan. Very big Duke okay. fan. Love That's him. fine. I'm, and it's fine. But, but there's a story behind it, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't a front runner. My mom, we used to watch Duke all the time. I mean, they're nationally televised like every other day. So it is what it is. But we would watch them all the time because my mom had two cousins that were actually in school when I was really young. When they were going through that, like two, 2000 and 2001, those two runs, she had two cousins that were in school there. So we would watch, and she'd like make the joke. I mean, I'm like eight years old, and she'd be like, "Oh, maybe we see Aunt Tammy and Aunt Cheryl. Like maybe they're gonna be there." Um, They never were, of course. Like we're not gonna see them on TV. But like that was always it. And then you know you're a young kid, so you like rooting for the team that wins. And I think in 2001 is when they won the national championship. So that kind of got me, got me going. And then that's kind of it's. uh, I'm I'm very grateful that I'm a Duke fan for that reason, Uh, because they're like the best team I root for, which is kind of nice. So it's good every Um, once in a while.
1: That's awesome. We, we were lucky at Fairfield. We played Duke at Duke when wow. I was uh, when I think I think was a sophomore. So the year they won the national title with Jaleel, mm-hmm. Justice, Tyus, and all of them. And I remember we had like a shoot around and it was only us and Cameron indoors. And like, it felt like a little kid in a candy shop. And then you see the court, like you see it on TV. It's like Coach K Court. And then when you're like standing on it, it's like you get goosebumps. And I, I'll tell you this to anybody, but they play every time we touch right before the game starts at every duke game mm-hmm. and it's like the corniest sixth grade dance song of all time like all time and i've never gotten more scared or not scared i'm the right word but like more jitters to play a basketball game when every time we touch the whole place shakes it's unbelievable like the That's floor awesome. is moved and you're just like where am i right now like this is number two duke and everyone's da- jumping and dancing to every time we like you think it would be like kind of like something else and it's yeah. not and it's it's hilarious but no they beat awesome. us by, they beat us by 50 um we were close at halftime the weight stops so we were cl- we were down 14 at halftime and they ran an out of bounds play and justice winslow caught it for an alley-oop at the buzzer and it was one of those plays where he caught it and you were like only a dude who's going to play in the nba could have caught that and right. we all just kind of we ran to halftime we're like I don't, know how, you, you, I don't know how to stop that one.
0: <laughs> Nothing you could do about that, man. That team was so much fun to watch. Um, that I mean, I there, there are certain teams that I love, and there are certain teams that I kind of just forget about. Um, like the Austin Rivers team. Hated that team. He sucked. I hated <laughs> having him on the team. All he did was shoot the ball. But then – he redeems himself the whole season he's terrible and i hate him and they lose the, the first round to number 15 whomever lehigh i think it's really lehigh, funny yeah. because we're up here in the northeast lehigh is literally like 35 minutes from where my parents live so everyone's like you're a loser mike and i was like <laughs> i know but at least he shot that shot over tyler zeller in the um and, and in North Carolina to beat them at the buzzer, that was awesome. So that's the one good thing he did. Uh, but, yeah, man, there's just certain teams that I fell in love with and other teams I'm like, eh, whatever that team. Because, like, I'm not a huge fan of the one and done. It's mm-hmm. not, like, I le- all my favorite teams were those older teams like John Shire and Nolan Smith. They're there for, like, four, three, three, four years. So you really get to, like, see them kind of grow. I know it sounds a little corny, but you get to see them grow and get better as players and this, that, and the other thing. And then there's some of these one and done teams where – my favorite player from that Duke team was Quinn Cook. Like, again, four year oh. player. Matt Jones hated him his entire career, but for some reason that year he was good. It was like, it was just kind of cool how all that stuff like came together at, at certain times. And now it's these like total one and done teams. But um, I mean, last year with, with Zion, I mean, everybody loves Zion, man.
1: That was the best that was awesome it it was fun just to watch him he's a freak it's like there's no other way to kind of put it and you just sit there and like I'm like an average American I like to try to say like I mean I'm kind of corny and that dude is just like how are you 275 with a 48 and what what are what did you eat that like my captain crunch (laughs) my captain Crunchberries didn't give to me like come on man
0: Right? That is funny, dude. Yeah, but awesome, man. I mean, that has to be, like, being a Cameron Crazy has always kind of been on my bucket list, and I think I'm a little too old for it now. I could at least go to the games. I don't think I could break into the student section, though.
1: I'm going to tell you, there were some people there who were, like, it was the second game of the season, and were everyone, like, hated us. And it was, like, we were a school from the middle of nowhere of Connecticut, and, like, they knew our whole roster, who we dated, and, like, you're like, what? What are we doing? Like, why do you, they have like they have a sheet supposed they give out of on like every player on the other team? I'm like, this is just it's it's kind of funny. I and mean, we were lucky at Fairfield because like kind of those games in the beginning of the season, bigger schools play the smaller schools. So I, I, we got lucky. We played Duke myself, we played at North Carolina my junior year when they lost to Villanova. So yeah. they had like Marcus Page and all of them. And then my senior, year, we played Dennis Smith and NC State. Wow um so we kind of we kind of lucked out we did like the triangle of north carolina i don't know how it came to pass but um it was kind of fun to do that and there was no place like cameron endorsed it. and the dean dome was awesome and it's big and it's huge you look up and there's a jersey that says jordan on it and you yeah. like why am i shooting free throws in what the is, same what's place
0: going on here <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah definitely definitely shouldn't be here um but i mean it's just kind of an awesome that place is one of a kind I mean, there's no way to replicate it there's no way there's you kind of it's a, it's an old gym you know what i mean there's nothing yeah. really pretty about it um but it's uh it's a nice it's a kind of it's a it's definitely a home court advantage fun oh yeah to- I mean, if they can intimidate
0: you by playing every time we touch, they have something's going on there.
1: Uh, Yeah. Something in the water. I'm telling you. Oh, uh, thank you for
0: that story. I really appreciate that. I didn't expect that coming in. This is great. Now (laughs) I learned a little bit more about Duke. I love that, man. This is good stuff. And Justice Wislow kind of just put you guys to sleep at halftime, which is, hey, I mean, it happens. What are you (laughs) going to do, right?
1: Next game, next game. (laughs) I mean, short-term memory.
0: Loser's ball, loser's ball. We got this. (laughs) So I have a question for you. And actually, it's kind of, it's it's funny how this works. So every year I do go, um, Duke essentially plays at least one game in Madison Square Garden every year. So I go every other year, essentially. Um, And one debate that I've heard in New York a lot is, is New York City a baseball city or a basketball city? And out of curiosity, you being there much more than I am, I'm kind of curious, you're a basketball guy, but like you know the Yankees and the Met like you tell me what do you think which one is it?
1: If you're a New York City kid, it's really hard to play baseball um you know what i mean there's not there's no fields, so being a New York City kid, the easiest thing to do is go play basketball you know what I mean it's kind of one of those things where you don't even need to show up with a basketball. You basically just need to have shoes and shorts and a t shirt on and if it comes to the summertime and you can get a basketball and get on a game so I'm gonna go with its it's a basketball city, but the problem is to defend that. And I mean, the Knicks last championship was 73 and like, I have to talk to my dad about Walt Frazier about it. So like, it's kind of, it's kind of, I mean, I went to a Walt Frazier basketball camp when I was younger. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And my, and my dad was like, you're, you like, we need to sit you down and like talk to you. So I have a big lecture on the uh, 73 Knicks team, the 71 73 Knicks teams that won about Bill Bradley and all that. So, but so I will go with the basketball place, but however, I mean, if you look at championships and winning and who's actually good, um, it's probably lean towards baseball, but my, uh, I don't know what the best word is, but it's basketball. (laughs) That's what you
0: always hear. Like, that's the thing. Like the Yankees are always good. The Mets every 15 years, we go to a world series, which is great. I mean, Hey, I'll take what I can get, but like, every person from New York that I've talked to says man like if ju- if the Knicks were good you have no idea how electric the town would be and I mean they were good in like 2013 for like a minute and then I, I don't remember the last time they were good before that was like the early early 2000s so like over a 20-year stretch and I've only been alive for 28 um <laughs> over a 20-year stretch they've been good like once in my entire life essentially so like I want to see it but it gets you know history like I don't my nothing matters before my lifetime you know that kind of like you know my life is the most important part of all of history so this is what I care about I don't believe you so it's always just very interesting to me and I kind of want to hear that from someone who's actually lived there I mean I go in all the time but I've never lived there I didn't really start going in recently to the last four or five years so I just always want to hear it from someone who's lived there what it's like
1: yeah I think there's an energy I I think it's one of those things where the really them and the rangers if you kind of take a look at it are the only two teams that actually play in the city um so i think that has a little bit to do with it and mm-hmm. I mean, yeah the yankees are the new york yankees but they're in the bronx you know what i yeah. mean the giants are in jersey and in like jersey. everythings is <laughs> uh no but i think that it's kind of one of those things where there's a certain buzz around madison square garden it's kind of, it's a hub you know I and mean? you have penn station right there so everyone's kind of filtering around that and i mean Times squares a few blocks so I think if the Knicks are good, there's a certain buzz where it's like, okay, what's happening here? And I think that kind of permeates throughout the city and kind of you can feel that in the sense. And I'll do the whole lifetime only thing that matters. I think the last time the Knicks well, the Knicks were good with Carmel, they lost in the first round to the mm. Celtics. But then I think the last time we made it, we lost to the Nets with Stefan Marbury, Greg I think Greg Francis was the other guard, and like Charlie Ward. So I I we've sat through some bad Nick mm-hmm. basketball, but I mean I'm still the biggest Stephon Marbury fan. <laughs> What's up, <laughs> we'll, Stephon we'll, Marbury? We'll take I will take all the stuff. I wore six starberries for like the first Five years of my life it was fantastic that is fantastic um, dude i love man. that
0: honesty man i appreciate your honesty and and again i wanted to bring that up obviously you being a, a basketball guy you know kind of falling in love with the sport playing it working in it i'm always just kind of curious where some of that love comes from especially in such a um like a barren place like again new york it, like the knicks are still the most valuable team in the nba and they haven't they've been good once in 20 years like i can only imagine like Jim Dolan, just start throwing money at everybody. That thing's going to be worth like $7 billion. It's a joke, but I don't know, man. I wanted them to get Zion. Like, I'm cool if they got RJ because I think he's going to be great too, but I really wanted them to get Zion because I think, again, that he at least brings the electricity, and I would have went to all the games. It would have been awesome.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's nothing – RJ's a talent and is really good, and – I think he's gonna be really good, um, but the thing about Zion is just if there's if you have one if you can do the one if you're like a Kobe and you just have Zion coming right out the bat, it's a different it's a different market. <laughs> it's it just is. Like, RJ's great, but that's a different that's a different level
0: i agree i'm gonna be rooting for both of them so we'll see what happens i'm actually now a big pelicans fan because like every other person on the pelicans is pretty much from duke which is always just kind of funny so it's like all right i'll take it whatever all these guys um so tell me a little bit about your i guess career let's call it in basketball like what was uh come on hey, you played oh, college boy. you played division oh, one man come on it. you played in cameron indoor right like come on that's incredible dude take take it take it for what it is um but, like, what, what was, I guess, growing up playing, you know, ball like in New York City? Like, what like the rivalries, the high schools, like, did you go to an AAU? Were you on an AAU team? Like, how did that all work, again, being kind of, like, in New York City?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of started out playing basketball when I was young. Um, and it was funny because, my, like, then, like, my dad was a huge basketball fan and played basketball. So, he was like, you're playing. And the tallest person in my family is 5'7 on a good day with shoes on. Hey. um just to give like kind of basis to this um and I stand at a solid five six with shoes on so I, and I mean, I always joke around I said my parents really messed me up and should have put me in soccer and like this would have been a different story like everything would have been great but so I kind of played basketball and I always kind of loved it um I was short so that was always kind of fun I always thought it was a little bit of an uphill battle for myself it was like all right and I mean like I don't I don't really belong here ever um and then I kind of got hooked into AU a little bit in like sixth grade, seventh grade. I played uh, for a team called the Gauchos. Um, they're in the Bronx. Uh, they were, we were pretty good. Um, we kind of went around and I mean, just kind of, it was really cool for me to see more basketball. Oh, uh, I think when you kind of grow up, I grew up on the Upper East Side of New York. It's kind of a small network. And I mean, there's really not, there's the people who are around you and that's kind of it. Um, and that took me in sixth, seventh grade and kind of broadened my horizons. I was like, people are really good in other places. Um, and if I want to be good, I need to get a lot better. Um, so I kind of did that. And then I was fortunate. I went to Loyola high school, which is a small uh, school in, on, in Manhattan. Um, and I didn't make varsity as a freshman. I, I to this day, I should have, I laughed at my high school coach and I'm like, why didn't, what, what the hell? And like, he brought me up halfway through the year, but he was like, no, nah, I had to tell you that you were on JV. And then my JV coach, didn't start me my first game of jv and started a sophomore over me and like he took i went in the second play of the game but i was like so now like i talk about like getting anything that you thought you were good it's just like all down the drain um so then maybe but i had a really great high school kind of career if we put it like that but it was one of those things for me where i got lucky that i had a coach that kind of let me coach which is kind of a weird thing to say but i was a point guard and he kind of was like, I always used to, I don't know how to right way, but I always just complained. I was like, oh, I'm passing it to him and he's not catching the ball. And like, he's like, why are you telling this to me? Like, go tell it to him. And I was 13 at the time. The kid was a senior. And I was like, he'll eat me alive. Like, what, what am I going to like, what am I, I'm going to be like, dude, you got to catch the damn basketball. Um, He's like, no, you got to talk to him. So I think at a young age, it kind of taught me how to control a game and kind of how to see a basketball game from a, point guard perspective and how to run and coach a team and how to put people in places to succeed Um, so I think I was really fortunate in that sense to have a coach that allowed me to do that and as I got older junior and senior year it was kind of like hey what do you want to run what do you Mm -hmm. want to do so that almost put the onus on me and like I probably shot the ball way too much and I tell it to I say I apologize to all my high school teammates still um i'm like i'm sorry i i not know I mean, what to do shooting but... the
0: ball is the fun part right
1: like that's, exactly. that's, that's, that's why we play I, basketball to shoot uh, <laughs> uh, oh trust me i'm not i'm not passing I any mean, of them nowadays but um it, it was kind of it was it was funny but it was, it was interesting to me how to learn how to kind of control that basketball game and as a 16 17 year old kid giving putting being put in that situation it, it allowed me i always say that really allowed me to play college basketball um because i'm, I'm not Fast, but I'm never the fastest. I can definitely not jump the highest. I'm a shoot. I can shoot the ball, but it wasn't the best. Like I wasn't 99, you percent know what I mean. And to try to make a layup at any level at my height was like, you're going. The ball's going out of bounds or somewhere else. So stay out of the paint. Um, but I always say that uh, that allowed me to play college basketball. because so it allowed me to get on the court and see the game and understand if I came off this. How do I read everything and what's there and what's not? And. That'll, that mm-hmm. was my little, that was my edge is probably yeah. the best way to put it.
0: Um, so you're just, I, I mean, mean you, it sounds like you were pretty, uh, pretty smart dude. And I mean, at 13, if you're starting to play with, you know, juniors <laughs> and seniors, you're clearly doing something right, man. And I think, I think it's kind of funny that your coaches are like, yeah, let's not let let's not get, let his head get a little too big. Let's just make sure he knows his place in the hierarchy. Even if he's really good, let's sure he makes, he, he knows his place.
1: Oh, no I, I thank them I thank them now when I go back and I'm like that it gave me a little bit of fire and it gave me an edge and it gave me something where it was like you're not that good you know And I mean like you got to work and I mean there can't be times where someone's out working you. and I think that that a lot that carried and brought me to college you know and I mean I, as a walk on I didn't have a scholarship Sydney kind of knew who I was and Sydney Johnson's my basketball coach so he kind of knew who I was coming out of high school but not not really and was like hey like we have 12 kids on the basketball team. I needed, if I want to take a walk on, here's an opportunity. I'll give you. And I think there were six other kids a chance to walk on the team. So it was basically like Indiana. I don't know if you've ever seen what's the Hoosiers or not Hoosiers, but there's like season on the brink where he tries to put walk-ons through hell. And that's basically what we kind of did. It was like, we played three on three. We ran for hours. And me and this other kid named Matt Hill, but who's one of my really good friends now, we we walked on so we we, we made the cut <laughs> um and he was it was kind of funny he sat this down the first day and was just like you're not gonna play uh you see, nice. he' he's like you're not gonna play we're not we're, we're not gonna give you a uniform you're basically kind of practice players but you're on the team i mean you're gonna come to practice monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday you're gonna do you're gonna get our team better and here that's it I mean that's all I can give you You know what I mean there's there's really no other that's it I mean if I told you you're gonna play 30 minutes I'm lying to you 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 might never see the court and I I joke around but I I said yes to that because I was like I just want to play on division one basketball team but I didn't really even know what I was signing myself up for and I'm so happy my young self just like yeah go for it go for it um but um it was it's it's it's, it's an experience of itself um coming from a small place and small high school where I kind of did everything. I was the man. I was, I mean, I was doing passes going to the whole nine to coming to a team where it's like your job is to make the starter better. It's like, you, you, we don't care how good you're never going to play. It's like, how can you make this better? And I think it taught me how to sacrifice and how to work and how to not think about myself and think about others. And from that standpoint, it changed my life, honestly. Um, And I had really greatest four years and I've roomed with kids who scored two thousand points in college and you know I think it's kind of one of those things where it's it's awesome if you can kind of give yourself to something bigger. And I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time with the right coach who took a chance on a five, six, 150 hundred and fifty pound kid soaking wet. Um I was like all right, hey you you can kind of fill this job, do it and let's we'll see if you see how it happens and it worked out really, really well for me and still some of my best friends so like that's awesome yeah it's one of those things
0: like like, it's such a cool opportunity i mean so many people grow up loving basketball and playing it like yourself and being really good in high school and then never get the opportunity was there anything like um i'm assuming i mean again if you're if you're playing high level basketball for four years somewhere in new york city that there is some sort of college out there for you were you being recruited by division three division two even lower level division one schools at all
1: yeah it was it was a lot of division three academic kind of schools and that NESCAC league everyone was like you can go play there and have a great time and do all this and I don't know I had this little bug where it's like I want to play division one college basketball and I don't know why and I think it has a little bit to do with my stubbornness um, but it it was one of those things where was, I kind of wanted to play and compete on the highest level against the best people that's always been my best been my thing It's was like give me your best and i want to try and see if i can beat you and if i can't maybe but i'm gonna go down swing um so i kind of it's like it's division one or bust which is not the way to look at it if <laughs> i kind of yeah, want run the clock
0: 18 year old andrew maybe he uh he could have opened up his search a little bit more but i respect it at the same time man hey you're the guy that played division one basketball not me so like i think that's still impressive
1: no I, I, I definitely opened up my search was definitely should have been done i laugh about it now and all that and i have a lot of friends who played in johns hopkins and all these other schools where i have really really good basketball players and i was just naive <laughs> it's like why why didn't i why not do this but maybe if i look back at now i wouldn't i still would do the same thing so that's awesome I and i have of, to I compl- assume
0: if you're losing by 50 points at some point duke did you get into that game at all
1: I got in and played Hell about two yeah. and a half two and a half minutes. I had to guard Grayson Allen and Rashid Suleiman. Mm-hmm. Um and I definitely jogging back on defense, I told Rasheed Suleiman, I was like, dude, like don't don't make me look too bad. All right? I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna be here for the first few steps and then that's it. You know what I mean? I think and he laughed and I was like, All right, all right. I'm glad we're on the same page here, buddy. Good, he, and then he caught the ball and he passed it. And I was like, That's appreciate my dude. you come like on that's man, just that's why we're friends <laughs>
0: give me a bad pass see if i can steal it i'll let you block it on the other end but let me have the steal, man let me just have the steal. like that's that's yeah. funny dude
1: no that, that was the best i'd always laugh around but like i was the king of the 30 seconds i used to call it Like i mean if there, so we were up like nine or ten somebody fouled and there was 30 seconds left my coach was like all right andrew go and i'm like i was just i excelled at 30 seconds like if you try to play me for a minute too long but 30 seconds. Like I I knew what to do. I could control it. if we got a rebound. We weren't passing, we were holding the ball. We were on defense. Don't foul. Just look pretty. Shoot over me. Now, I mean, I might have given up more three pointers in college because people like I'm they would just shoot over me. But I'm yeah. like, we're not fouling. We're not fouling. We're doing our job here. We're letting the game end. <laughs> I'm doing uh, what I'm clock. supposed to do. You can shoot the ball,
0: man. We're good. I, my coach is happy. We're good. I'm happy
1: that's what that's what i'm saying I'm like and then the best was like when people try to like steal the ball from me i'm like the game's over there's 10 seconds left. like relax we're good like we're just gonna take our time uh no but it was uh yeah, it was great it was it was that's a lot awesome, of fun yeah. did you did you score in the duke game did you take a shot didn't, yeah. i didn't score in the duke game i did i got lucky i got fouled against notre dame or uh, against not notre dame, north carolina okay and i made one of two free throws um, so I'll, I'll take that um you know what i mean but i was shaking oh my god because i was like i'm gonna be the dude who got i'm gonna be the walk-on who got fouled at the right. Dean dome and didn't score i'm like oh, oh my god and yeah, i missed the first as, one.
0: Oh man that's pre- i was gonna say did you did you miss the first or make the first Miss the back pressure dude
1: back room the first one i'm sitting on the free throw line i'm like my parents are here i bet they're videotaping this and like what what are they gonna they're gonna now have to go around showing all of their friends and like my family we're gonna go to family dance like hey look at andrew missing free throws and like i'm gonna have to talk through that yeah like, God. yikes man but, but hey you lucky. scored went, how many people <laughs> on planet it,
0: earth how many people on planet earth can say they scored in the dean dome not that many when you do percentages know. it's not that many
1: <laughs> i don't know but uh no i'm, I'm glad the second one went in I was, I was like i prayed i was like thank you i was like i'll do whatever you want for me um but uh no it was, it was, it, it was an experience so. c-
0: congratulations again i know we're, we're no, talking was- a lot about it but i just think it's so cool dude like i i don't get to have these conversations too often especially about something that i love so i i think it's great you know again i think it's really cool that you did what you did and, and especially how you did it i think is the most important part so during your four-year stretch, uh, as you said, you, you played occasionally, King of the 30 Seconds, Mr. 30 Seconds. I don't know if that's the best nickname to give somebody, but whatever. Fine. We'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. And so at what point did you start to think about – I mean, as you said, like in high school you were really lucky We're um, very grateful that your coaches put you in the position to start being that on-court coach. At what point in college did you actually think about being – like legitimately entertained by the opportunity to coach a basketball team at some, at some level.
1: Yeah. I, probably my sophomore year. Um, there's a coach in, named Jim Valvano. If you're a North Carolina yes. person, you Jimmy have to v, know yeah. who exactly. So I kind of, I got hooked onto him. I don't know how. Um, probably that I speech. Would, that
0: speech is incredible. There's
1: speech. Yeah. I cry and every that, time
0: I hear it. I love it. It's, it's incredible. It's,
1: it's the best. And I'll tell you funny. So every bro- before every college basketball game i don't know why it became superstitious like we had walk on track so i would listen to it before every walk on track then i made the teams i was like shoot i gotta keep doing this so i listened to that speech before every single basketball game for all my four years <laughs> but um man that's kinda, a lot of
0: tears i like that, a, lot of, I a lot of, it. it's, a, I respect it. it's a lot
1: it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot of never give up you gotta think laugh cry i almost can do the whole thing verbatim it's bad but um it, it's kind of one of those things where got hooked onto him. I got hooked onto the whole don't giving up. I, I thought he was kind of funny. i like the way he kind of looked at it. He has a million quotes, but I I was like, all right, well, I kind of like how he did this. I mean, I, I kind of like how he I mean, took a bunch of kids who I mean, didn't work that good made it to the second round and brought them all away. I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to kind of motivate and maybe reach this potential that who knows we could ever reach. And so I started kind of looking at it. I was like, all right, this is really interesting. Then, I mean, coaches at Fairfield were, were the best. I mean Sydney, I had Mitch Bonaguru, Tyson Wheeler, all these really, really great college basketball players and college basketball coaches, um, kind of took me underneath their wing. So I when I was at Fairfield, my job was basically the scout team. So we would do the other team that we were playing all their plays, um, which was an opportunity for me which was awesome because I got to learn yeah ninety eight different offenses throughout my I maybe mean, four years. So I kinda I used to go home after cool my dormer after we had practiced and write down all the all the opponents and team plays. So now like, I have books in my room where it's like all of Fairfield plays and then all of our Manhattan, what Manhattan ran. And like I can still tell you if maybe if the ball goes into the overload versus Manhattan, they go man to man and it's like crazy stuff. But it, it was really fun for me in that chess game of how to like figure it out. You know what I mean what what's gonna happen in the game. All right. You have a game plan, you go in, we have a scavenger report and then you get there and it blows up in your face like what do we do and i really enjoyed that trying to figure it out um so it was like my sophomore year and i got lucky my junior year and senior year my coaches allowed me to help out with scout so i was breaking down film i was helping out with the scouting reports kind of doing buying the back office stuff and the scouting reports which is really interesting again to see how how it all came together i mean when you're a player you, you kind of get handed a scouting report there's film you're like all right this is cool but you don't know what goes Mm -hmm. into making this and I mean how many games you got to watch to know these are the six plays that they run more than any other play um so I got a chance to do that my junior and senior year um and I I always call like an internship to coaching basketball um but then they kept me on And that's kind of where I was like, at that point I got the bug. I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. This is, this is it. I mean, this is it for me. No other job. I don't care. Joke around my parents. Like, Oh, you're in business school. I was like, yeah, I "I don't care. It doesn't matter to me what my GPA is. I'm coaching basketball, whatever. They're like, whatever. Young Andrew was kind
0: of stubborn, man.
1: I'm still young Andrew. I, I like to, I'm trying to hold, I'm holding on to young Andrew as long as I can. Um, but, uh, I'm learning like my back starts to hurt now, like young mm-hmm. ages going, but, um, sooner or later I can't walk, but we'll get to that at a different point, but no. And then, and I fortunate enough, then I got to stay on staff, um, after my time playing and it was, it was an experience like no other. You know I mean, again, again, I learned you're spoiled as a player because you just walk out of practice and whoever road trip, you go to the bus and the bus is there and then there's food on the bus. Yeah. <sighs> You, you go to the airport and like the tickets are you know, there's and a plane like,
0: there, How did right, the plane right, there? Oh. right
1: no but it's it's so funny because when I mean, you don't think about it as a player you kind of just like all right i gotta pack my bag let's go and then when you're on the other side you're like I got to make sure the bus is on time. I got to make sure the food pickup is right. I got to make sure we printed out all this stuff and make sure all these kids brought their passports. And like, and you're just like, before road trips, you like sweat because you're like, do we have the uniforms? Like, do we have this? And when you're a player, you're like, oh, I'm just getting on the bus and like throw my headphones in and fall asleep. And you're like, there's so much more to this other side. Funny, <laughs> um, dude. So yeah, anyway. I,
0: mean, I think it's awesome that your coaches gave you that opportunity because clearly they saw something in you. I mean, I'm sure you, you went up and asked or, or maybe there was just an organic conversation that happened there, but it's awesome that they gave you that opportunity and understood where you kind of were in life. And again, they knew like, let's be honest, you weren't going to play 30 minutes a game. Like that's, they told you that from the start. So you had this opportunity this whole time to learn all of these different types of offenses and defenses and what these teams do and how they do it, which is super, super interesting especially from that level. And then you're given another opportunity on top of it to then start being a scout and breaking down film and doing all these other things. And then once your senior year comes, how much, like, how, how many times did you play your senior year out of curiosity?
1: I played in about half the games. Yeah. Um, I think it probably ended out being uh, how many minutes. I, I make mm-hmm. jokes about how many minutes. And I always oh. start... My minutes fluctuate on who I'm talking to. And then if I'm at a bar I played every minute of every game. Of course. Um and then if I'm home talking to someone else. If I yeah, exactly. If I'm home talking to someone else, the minutes drop. Um probably played about total my senior twenty, twenty five minutes. More me, man. Yeah, I know I mean, uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean so probably cool. about twenty five total. I probably played a half, uh, honestly. But uh when it all came to it. Um uh, but yeah.
0: That is still, that's still really cool though. But again, you're given that opportunity to do more and you could have probably just said no and just continue to do what you were doing. But obviously you took the initiative and you're like, yeah, this sounds great. Let me learn all this and then break down the film and then figure this out and then spread this. Because as you said in the beginning, your coach told you, your job is to make everyone else better. Um, and it really sounds like you took that to heart and it really sounds like you went and did everything that you possibly could to make that happen.
1: Exactly. It was, it was how can I be effective? I mean, if I, I'm going to come to practice, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to try to be the hardest worker on our basketball team. I'm going to try to make sure any kid that plays is ready for a basketball game. Um, and then that kind of led into, all right, well, if I'm going to be good at that, then might as well know everything about the other team. You know what I mean? And kind of how, how can I do that? It's like, all right, how can I help? And I mean, yeah, I get it i got a shot fake i can't do this this game whatever then it's like all right now how do i take a step further and that kind of it almost happened like you were saying organically that just it was kind of the next step um and it was fortunate again that they were like sure if you want to do this yeah help out and and i did a good enough job that they kind of kept me in the loop you know and i mean mm-hmm. I, I i understand that if i did a bad job they wouldn't let me do it again right. uh, so i got i i hit i hit the mark where i had to hit and again they were patient with me and Understanding, I bet my first scout was not as good as my last one. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe I think they they kind of stuck with me and gave me confidence to understand what I was doing, and that allowed me to do it pretty well mm-hmm. at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and I think again, so you're you started to. Um... You, the the story kind of bled a little bit from from your senior year into that first year out of school and where you were the assistant to the director of basketball operations. Which I th- again, I just think it's a hilarious title because I've been watching a lot of Office recently. Um, but I hope you can says you're laughing at it too, so it's all cool. We're all on the same page <laughs> yeah. here. It's good. It's
1: it's great. No, I I, I loved. It. I it was it was so much fun. We so when I got this, the, the I was kind of too young to be the director of basketball operations. And honestly, I was graduate college at 21 so i basically was a 21 year old my birthday's in the summer so i've just turned 22 and like for me to try to run a division one men's basketball program like i would have been running around in circles i was running around in circles as the assistant so i was <laughs> imagine if i was like my head would have just been like on the loop um so i'm, I'm very fortunate to be the assistant to direct basketball program <laughs> when i, I look it, back though. at it
0: so so what does what does a director of basketball operations at a division one school like fairfield and i'm sure it's going to be different in all these other schools but like what what was the job of the person directly ahead of you and how much of that trickled down to what you were supposed to do
1: so the person directly ahead of me is our mutual friend steven so steven was the was the director of basketball operations and i kind of worked together with him worked for him um but he was he was great I mean there was he he was there was nothing that I couldn't get my hands on and I think that, that
0: when we spoke he did not mention an assistant at all I just want to say that he definitely said <laughs> he did all of this on his own so you might want to you know fire a couple we'll shots at him after we're doing yeah. this
1: we'll clear up that story when it's over um no but it, it in a sense again I, I sat there and there could have been a place where it was like this is my job this is your job and, and that that never happened and that was that was a situation where we talk about good people. Um, I think that that's kind of, that's it. You know what I mean? He, he didn't care. It wasn't like, oh, I'm a title, you're you're this. And it was just, all right, there's a job that needs to be done and let's get it done. And I think that that was the best thing for all of us and the best thing for our program, um, kind of to get everything done, but to kind of break it down, what the, it's basically the day-to-day operations of a basketball program. Um, so what does that mean? So that's, making sure all the Marriott courtyards that we stay at, they have hotel rooms for us. That means, you know I mean, when it comes to food, everything is taken care of on the road, planes, hotel rooms that we need to have ballrooms because we need to have a walkthrough through at the hotel. How does that play out? And then the day-to-day stuff on campus. So it's like schoolwork. Are these kids, are, is everyone going to class? Are we doing our homework? Are we, are we doing well in school? You were know so a babysitter, I, essentially yeah, you can, you can put it the right way like that. But I I think, I think all, I think all coaching is a little bit of babysitting. I mean, if you look at it, these parents give you, give you Mm -hmm. their kids. Right. And you kind of have to,
0: and they are 18, some of them, right. 18, 19. I did some dumb stuff at 18 or 19. (sighs) I'm sure it would have been dumber stuff if I was, you know, a legitimate (sighs) athlete. Right.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. No, it's, some of the stuff that comes through you laugh about um you're just like oh really um but i mean i had a soft spot because i went there so i was like i did that um but um no it was so it's kind of it and that, to me It was fun you have a really great relationship with the players because i mean I, I was so young and i was only removed that some of my teammates were still on the team so i had a really good relationship in that sense but also you're kind of there in their lives. You know what I mean? If someone needed help with something, you're kind of the fall guy on it. So, and the fall guy is not right, but you're the target person. And that's, that to me was really cool. And then when it comes to the coaching side, you're helping out with all the scouting reports. You're helping out with the breaking down of film. I mean, what do we want to show them? Here's practice. We videotape all of our practices. So it's like, what do we want to show them the next day? How do we improve on this? And Sydney and our whole coaching staff was really, big on having conversations and talking about it and I think that it allowed me to be in a room with the head coach of a division one basketball team every single day and I don't know I don't know how their programs work but I thought that was pretty special I mean where if you're talking to a division one coach and he's saying hey like what do you think and you're like I gotta say something here I think
0: I definitely think so yes
1: (laughs) so you you, so you it made me learn how to fill the space and Again, try to build up on growing and learning and understanding how what this is all about, honestly.
0: That is awesome, man. And I think, you know, those opportunities do not come around that often. And clearly, they respected you and your insight again the reason why you got a you know an opportunity to, to be on that team was because of your basketball intelligence right like as you said from a young age you've had that opportunity to do this and that's really as you even said earlier that's the only reason or the biggest reason why you were able to play basketball in college for a division one schools because you were smart you knew the game you knew how it worked which i think is i mean that's literally how i mean all these guys that are eight feet tall, like some of them still don't really know how the game works. They're just talented as all hell. So, I mean, that's why some guys just stand above the rest, of course. And, you know, it would have been cool if you were, you know, like 6'3". Like that would have been sweet. But, yeah, hey, it is what it is. You're given what you're given. And you took it and you were smart enough to at least play Division I basketball in Cameron Indoor,
1: in the Dean Dome. I mean, <laughs> man, you get to play
0: against Donovan Mitchell. Like that's that's awesome, dude.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's – again, there's some things are like – once in a lifetime top type of thing. I can, exactly no one can take away the fact that I played a Cameron and Theme Dome and even when I was coaching, we we went to the Mac final. So Jay Billis called our game. So you see you go to shoot around and Jay Billis is just sitting over there and like again you do a double take like, dude, what are we doing here, guys? Like we're the Mac conference, we're Fairfield University, we're about to play Iona. Uh and Jay Billis is right there, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean so I think it's it's funny in that sense where those there's just moments where you're like what? okay all right here we go we'll take it uh, whatever works we're, man that, we're going. That, is,
0: that is so cool dude and i'm um so uh, super happy for you very grateful that you've been able to share a lot of this story with us too i think that's fantastic and one thing so i also interviewed casey smith um mm-hmm. awesome she was the female uh director of basketball operations super awesome super super awesome but the thing that was uh she actually emailed me after the interview oh god well no, no no she she was telling us the whole time and just like she kept iterating she was like yeah like i used to like pick the restaurant and like i used to pick any restaurant i want and she was like so pumped about picking these restaurants and then she emails me after she's like yeah i also i don't know if i told you but i also got to you know negotiate the contracts for the the away games for these big out of conference games i was like what that is such a cool opportunity, and she told me like four times how she got to pick the restaurant, and that was her favorite thing. So I, I had to add that to the show notes, and I was like, and by the way, Casey, wants you guys to know this, she forgot to bring it up. But so, did you get to do anything like that where you're, you know, you kind of in these negotiations, or was that Steven, or was that a little bit higher up the food chain?
1: I think it might be a little bit higher up the food chain. I know we probably all kind of had a conversation about um, it, but I, I didn't make any of those decisions. But uh, no, Casey, Casey's great. So she's Casey, awesome. Casey actually, my senior year, I lived on like. 201 she was 101 so we used to jump and make <laughs> me annoy the hell out of that so hey i know she's still a fan of me
0: i hope so she she was <laughs> no. awesome and i thoroughly enjoyed her interview i just thought it was so funny how she emailed me after with like one of the coolest parts <laughs> that i wish i knew beforehand and i and i kid you not and i know i'm harping on it a little bit but she loved talking about the restaurants that she got on all the away games she got to pick the restaurants. she thought it was the coolest thing i loved it
1: we take huge pride in food as being direct because like we got Shake Shack after we beat somebody at the Barclays Center. And nice. then like we used to like, we used to negotiate like, if we win this game, can we go to the Steakhouse here? So like we were like, we were pinpointing different things. Like it was it's a, such it. a business inside of the food, in the food industry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> man. Sports.
0: I mean, again, you're dealing with 18, 19, 20 year old kids, like food, get Shake Shack, especially in New York. There is nothing like Shake Shack and you're not going to find anywhere else. I, I will still claim I've been to the one. in what is that? It's not Central Park. It's one of the other parks. If I'm not, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep, I can't remember
0: it. like the original one. I've been mm-hmm. there. It was great. There is nothing like the Shake Shack at Citi Field. There is nothing comes close. I've been to multiple Shake Shack's. That is hands down the best one. Anyone listening, if the Mets ever play a game in Citi Field again, st- it takes three three innings. No joke. It took us three innings multiple times to get food, but it is so worth it. I don't know what it is, but the Shake Shack just tastes so much better there. So I can
1: understand where you guys are coming from. Just, it's, it's, I like it's it. It's fun. It's fun. It's great. <laughs> that that's my win. No matter what. It's like, what yep. food do we get?
0: I love it, dude. So, um, with that, I mean, now you know, obviously, you have moved on from working at basketball, as I said before, Sandler O'Neill and partners, something with money, equity, whatever. (laughs) When did you know, I guess, like, so you were, you were uh, assistant to the director of basketball operations for about a year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. What was the point where you were like, all right, you know, you, you were essentially a coach for like the last three years at that point. Why at that point in time were you like, all right, this is a good time for me to, you know, kind of step away from the game and see what the rest of the world looks like.
1: Uh I don't have the best way to put it. Is. I think so. We we lost Iona, and then we had a little bit. It was like spring break, so we had some time off. So I went back home, and I, I was kind of like doing. I had a really good time at Fairfield, um, but there was a lot of little stuff that I didn't want to do. I um, mean, when it came to like academic stuff, and then this is this is not this is on me and not the job. Um, and I kind of sat there. I was like, I don't know if this at this point in my life this is what I want to do. Um, I I think I'll always be coaching in some way. And I try to do it now too, but I was like, I'm 23 and like, I don't see anybody because basically all I do is work and and that's fine. But like, what am I doing here? Right. And I mean, I think I stayed at Fairfield. So I've now been at Fairfield for five years, which was like, I felt probably one year too long. Um, just being like a kid in that sense and around everything but I was like oh, there's an opportunity like what what what's here you know what I mean is there a way to kind of get out of basketball but do basketball in some other way you know what I mean does it have to be I think the question I asked myself was does it have to be division one men's college basketball coaching and it ultimately came to a point where I was like no you know what I mean well I still have the same joy of coaching a 13 year old kid around my neighborhood that I did here but without the having to worry about buses and having mm-hmm. to worry about this and, and I think that that kind of that over that that pushed me over the edge where it's like all right well it'd be a lot of fun to be a mentor and be a coach because I think that's what coaching is I mean coaching at any level is teaching and learning and understanding and kind of I mean had to break from point A to point B um, and with all the squiggly lines in between so is it different to doing that at a high school level or at a whatever at a camp than it is does it have to be a fair field does it have to be in Nebraska, you know what I mean, because I think the thing about coaching, a lot of people don't get, is that you kind of got to take what's open. I mean, there's yep. no, it's not like, hey, you go from here and then you'll go to here, and you, it's like if the operations at Iowa, Nebraska, opened up am i okay packing my bags and shooting out to nebraska tomorrow and i was like i don't that's not me i'm like i'm not a nebraska person uh and anyway. you and
0: me both you and me both man nothing no offense i've been in nebraska lincoln's a cool place or no i wasn't even in lincoln i was in omaha so clearly it wasn't as cool as i remembered but i liked it it's a nice place
1: yeah no no hard feelings against anybody in Nebraska. but it was just like i don't know if i could i could be that transition and um being a city kid being always kind of around new york and having everything i had fairfield killed me with there was four restaurants i was like what it's like i i i walked down the street and there's seven like what are we doing here guys um so i think i kind of itched to get back to that and i got a great opportunity again kind of through my own connections and all that and it's kind of funny so the person who i work for now or work with now actually knew my college basketball coach because they both went to the same college and he played basketball there too so it was kind of like it was a funny circle of how that all people, the world's so small. Um, but um, I got an opportunity. I then interned at Sandler O'Neill and Partners, and I did kind of a rotation uh, of sorts and kind of got to see all aspects of business. Again, like I think I said earlier, I never thought I would go into business and like, kind of sit there and be like, I, I was joking around School's like, yeah, I'm never going to need to learn how to do this, blah, blah, blah. And now, Two years later, it's like, I'm sitting from like oh, home. I really wish I paid attention to county. <laughs> um, it's like, come on, Andrew, you got to know this. Um, but, um, and then I landed now and I've been there probably about a year and seven months almost. Um, and I couldn't be happier. It's, it's like a weird thing. I mean, I thought my life would kind of be crazy without basketball, but the way I kind of have my life and my work and I, and then I have basketball as kind of fun. And I think mm. that, that that to me is special. I, mean, I kind of take a lot of pride and I still talk to a lot of kids who are in high school who are playing pretty good. And I work on the weekends sometimes coaching little kids and that it's so much fun for me mm-hmm. just to do that, but it's not my job and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I think it, it kind of makes that experience more enjoyable because it isn't my Monday to whatever exactly. job. And I, I think that that's kind of a fun part of it all.
0: And it's, it's, it's not only that, like it's, you know, you love the game of basketball, but if you then work in the game of basketball, it's, it's not just the fact that it's, you don't love it as much anymore, unfortunately, just because you're so close to it. It also then becomes a negative because it's your job and there's a lot of BS involved and a lot of stupid stuff. So not only do you not love the sport as much as you used to it has now actually completely flipped from a positive to a negative. It's not like it went positive to neutral. It went positive to negative. And that can really, you know, I talk to a lot of people in the sports industry and some people are capable of dealing with that and they really don't let it switch to a negative. Some people, it's just like, man, like I I just want to watch basketball. Like I will never ever, and I say this now, but watch maybe in a couple of years, but I will never work for the NFL because I love sitting down with my friends on Sundays, drinking beer and eating chicken wings. And I love that. And it's my favorite thing I get to do. 17 weeks and then you have the playoffs on top of it, like 20 something weeks out of the year that is what i do and i love it but i'm sure if the nfl came knocking and they said you want to start a podcast i'd say yes but but until then uh, if, if anyone out there knows but um no i mean it's just one of those things where like it. i don't want to then work for the nfl because now i don't get to enjoy it as much and now it's work now maybe i love the job but whatever but you kind of know what i'm trying to say right long winded, exactly. but i think you got it no
1: exactly and, and i think that it almost and I mean, a lot of circumstances and everything and again opportunity in the business world to work for Sandler O'Neill and now we're Piper Sandler because we merged um but to have the opportunity to work with the people who I work with now like, it was again it was one of those opportunities that it was hard to say no to um given the people I work for are really really good at what they do um so it's it kind of it was like all right I mean let's see where this goes and I, I think that's kind of if I kind of trace back and look at everything i've kind of done is it's all been like all right let's just go head first and kind of see what happens and i think the funny thing of all this is people are like oh you left basketball i'm like it's all the same i don't like to tell it. anyone who tells it's it's like oh it's it's not different you know i mean is there small bs that you have to deal with at work <laughs> yeah <laughs> was there small bs that happened in basketball absolutely you know I mean, are the out the hours are all the hours. No, you know what I mean? There's no, working hard is working hard. I think that, you know I mean, it doesn't mean now instead of working hard, is it training kids or breaking down film? I'm not doing that, but is it, you got to get projects done. This needs to get finished. It, it's, so it's the same thing. It's the same kind of labor intensive. And I think that's why I like it in a sense because it is, it's a game. It's a game's not the right word, but it is a competition. You know I mean, there's mm-hmm. us and there's other people. It's how do we, how are we better than, X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. So it's, that's the same as basketball games. The ball goes up and there's you and another person. How are you better than them? I love that. Or how, can, how can you beat them in a way? And so, it's, it's,
0: it is a great analogy because, I mean, that's, that's the thing that I really love about doing this is because I get to talk to former athletes and hear about... Everything that we spoke about throughout this conversation and how it really relates to business and how it relates to you being a hard worker, a salesman, an entrepreneur, and all that. So, what exactly are you doing? And I apologize for getting the name wrong. At uh, no, it's fine. I don't same. stop.
1: So, I I, me- I definitely messed that up. So, don't don't even worry about that. I'm um, not that happens.
0: worried. I just want to say the correct <laughs> name. That's all. Piper saying there. What exactly do you guys do? And what do you do?
1: So, I'm on the capital raising team. So, we're on. I I worked around with a few different parts of it. And I ended up kind of finding my home here. Um, so we raise capital for debt and equities. It could be, I mean, we've looked at startups, you know what I mean? Or the thing that Piper Sandler and Sandler O'Neill is really good at is we focus a lot on community banks. Um, so that's basically your banks that aren't your JP Morgan's, your Bank of America's. They're, they're the mom and pop shops and they mean a few billion, a few million, a couple hundred million in asset banks. Um, that are all around the country um which i didn't know clue existed um and it's kind of fun now when you drive you're like oh wait i, I know i've heard of that bank before um that's just drive right by before but um so we can we raise capital um using different instruments uh, in that sense but it's i don't need to go too great into detail to it but i think that it's it's a, it's a lot of fun and my job is kind of Kinda, I'm an analyst so basically what it comes down to me is our team is really good um, we've done a lot of deals and we continue to do a lot of deals and my job is basically help out anywhere I can um, and this is a business where you, there's no real timeline for it I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like sports where it's like I hit 34 my legs get out and like I, I got to end because um, I can't play anymore mm-hmm. so this is kind of a long this is like the long game um, so I, again like I'm fortunate to work with really smart people and they always tell me it's like just take one or two things a day and i mean yeah there's gonna be work i'm gonna to have to make spreadsheets or whatever and do all that and that's fine but it's like how do you listen to these calls with these they're doing these deals And you're like holy cow like whoa wait a minute what um so I, and I mean my job basically is to make sure everything runs um and it's kind of it's funny where it's i mean, my assistant director of basketball operations kind of went hand in hand with this and being a walk on went hand in hand with this. Cause it's, I mean, is my name going to be anywhere? Absolutely not. And it shouldn't be, but maybe I think I, I have a role to make sure the bus gets to the next stop. And I, and maybe I think that's, it's a really fun job for me to do at this moment in my life and this time to learn, and understand it all and kind of see a big, fast, different way of doing a lot of different things um i mean the amount of deals that i've been fortunate just to see and be a part of is crazy um so i think that i'm lucky in that sense just to be there um but it's, it's like how do we get from point a to point b with no speed bumps and my job is to make sure there's no speed bumps If there's something that needs to get done whatever hours i'm gonna do it and i think that that's that's kind of how we get done and yeah there's a lot of other things there's pitch books and the whole nine but I think probably the best way to describe it is we get from point A to point B. And it's my job to make sure that any bump or block that we hit, we can get through pretty easily and quickly.
0: And I think it's it's great. Thank you for giving, you know, my question was going to be, what did you learn from your previous roles in sports and, you know, as the assistant to the director of basketball operations and what you did in those roles, but you were able to give us some of that information already, which I think is really important in understanding how people can take what they learned in sports and utilize it in the, you know, quote unquote, real world. You know, as you said, like a lot of people can't play competitive basketball after 30. Um, That means you got another like sixty years to go, man. And like some people, it's unfortunate a lot of people don't ever find anything else to do, and it sucks. But thankfully, you've been able to find something that you thoroughly enjoy doing, as you said. At this point in time, obviously you expect to, and 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 I hope that you hope to rise the ranks and start being having your name on some of these deals because you've been able to learn so much. And she's like, "Hey, mom, I just brokered like a billion (laughs) dollar deal. Like that's kind of cool. I've never seen nine zeros in one place before. (laughs) but I mean, stuff like that is is really cool. And now you have the opportunity to do that. And again, if, if you like. like what you do man and you like working hard and you like it i mean shoot nothing wrong with that and and as you were saying and and this is going to be the next next question like what what are you doing still within the world of basketball as you said you were just saying you're i mean you're teaching and coaching 13 year olds like are you looking at the local high schools to get in on the jv team like are you doing anything along those lines again just keep those juices flowing a bit
1: yeah i I think that almost makes me better at my day-to-day my day job (laughs) um i think that i'm fortunate i My high school that I went to, I kind of go back time and time when I can um, help out. And then there's another high school in my area who I've kind of known and been around the head coach with forever. So I help out their team too. And he sometimes lets me pray and play and practice. So that's a blast um, to beat up on 18-year-olds. Um, but um, it's like it's your heyday all over again. I was again. gonna say, you feel uh, like a real it's, man again. It's, it's great, <laughs> man. I'm freaking like, I can do whatever I want here. Um, so that, and I mean that's a, that, that was that's always a kick and a good time. And then I've kind of got hooked into this program, it's called dribble But I mean I'll coach from nine to four on Sundays from first grade to eighth grade. Um, and it's a really good time, and it's kind of fun and something I do, and it's. It's 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 just fun, and it it's not it's not one of those things where we're not gonna we're not trying to make the next Michael Jordan. It's just here. We're here to have a lot of time. We'll have a good time, and let's learn basketball and be good people and kind of do it the right way. I kind of that that to me that's fun. You know what I mean? It's like I can have a good time. I can let my energy out and kind of go at it. But then I didn't really. Lucky and fortunate to get back, and so Fairfield let me broadcast two of their basketball games this year. No way! So that, so that was awesome. Um, it was funny how that came about. It was—I don't remember what holiday it was, but we, Monday was like off, so like I slept in, and I had a phone miss phone call from our like SID, and I was like, he definitely called the wrong number because I was like, why is he calling Like, does he know I left school a few years ago? Um, and then he was like, he texted me, he's like, give me a call. So I'm like, uh, uh, hello. Uh, He's like, hey, like we were thinking about people who, I mean, our normal guy can't do it. Your name came up. Would you be interested? And like, I almost put the phone on mute. And was like, how many people do they ask this to that it hit (laughs) me? Because I mean, I'm a a business major and business major in in college. I mean, no broadcasting, nothing. I was like, you sure you calling the right person, Jack? And he was like, yeah, no, he's like, really? So I went out and did two Fairfield games, which was really awesome. So that, I mean, that was kind of a different way to see the see the basketball game. I, I mean, I, I was joking. I was like, I saw it on the court. I saw it on the sideline. And now I'm over here. And now I got to talk about it. I'm like, this is something else. Was, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I know I didn't play that much. So, I mean, I, I don't count that too much. But I was like, I was sitting there. And they were like, three, two, one. I was like, wait, anything I say now is just Life. going out to it's going out to the yeah. public which is not safe um for me because uh, mm-hmm. you never know what comes out um but i um, no, it was it's a really great experience really fun and i think it keeps you in the sport and it keeps you around it. and i think basketball's almost everywhere and that, for me it's it, how many things can i draw lines to about basketball mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's funny how it all it all kind of flows through and yeah I'm lucky to still kind of get the niche that I want Mm -hmm. and I think that's all I kind of want too it's not like I need the whole all right division one whatever Mm -hmm. college I mean I think everyone when when I started was like I need to be the next Jim Albano and I was like all right let me just coach Mm -hmm. and see how I can affect because I mean that's all he did and was like all right so how can I do this on my level or at this level and still I mean do pretty well at my other job, yep. which is yeah. important. So, and I mean, making money is, is it.
0: pretty darn cool. Yeah, I like that part. Um. <laughs> I'm It'll sure those work. paychecks at yeah, this job are a little bit nicer uh, than what Steven was giving yeah. you, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Steven, we're still, I'm dude. still talking. we still got to talk to Steven about yeah, it. Yeah, we, we really do. Things, he didn't talk. even bring you up. He made it sound like all this was done on his own. So, yeah, definitely uh, bring that yeah. up to him. But, no, man, I mean, I understand why they asked you. You're a super charismatic dude. You're a lot of fun to talk to. You. So I see where they're coming from, and I hope you get to do more of those games and you can be that, be that guy that pops back on every once in a while, once or twice a year. I mean, that would be a blast, dude. How cool would that be?
1: no it's awesome and and like I think I have so much respect for what you do and and I mean this business because I didn't know anything about it honestly and then how you prepare and how you kind of have to be on the spot and be ready to go with questions and answers and there's no real time to think about it Mm -hmm. I I think you can you can be prepared but as soon as that light goes green it's it's, got to go and and I think that that is in a way really special and I mean applaud everything that you do, and thank you. And that whole business does, because it, it really isn't. It isn't easy. I think people think it's like, oh, they they talk in the tea. I'm like, N-. it's a lot harder to get words out than you think.
0: It it. <laughs> For me honestly it's like kind of it it's just so much fun that I don't even think about it. Like I just get excited thinking about like awesome I get to ask him all these questions. I cannot wait. And then we it turns out we get to talk about Duke for 20 minutes. Like it only just <laughs> made the conversation better. Like how could I not be happy doing this on a daily basis? But I actually was very lucky one of the first people I interviewed has um, brought me on the team essentially for what he's doing and he actually has a serious XM radio show. So I've been when the world was spinning on its axis, I was actually going in every Sunday and I was on a serious XM radio show from five to seven every night. The first, the first one I ever did was the night of the super bowl. So like I only got to do a few of them. I only did like five or six, but it was just so cool getting that opportunity. And like the first time I did it, I was not terrified. Cause I mean, I've either uh, not to make you feel bad or anything, but you're like the 250th person I've had to, to interview. I hope hope that doesn't that's burst impressive. your bubble a little too. No, early. no, no, we're good. Right? <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I'm super comfortable in front of a microphone. So I was like, yeah, shoot, dude, let's do it. And now that's, that's it. I know what I want to do and I'm going to just try and get there somehow. And as long as I can get paid enough money to do it, I'm happy. We're good to go. That's so off, until then, but... Awesome. Andrew, this was absolutely fantastic. Usually, I had one more question, but you already answered it. I was like, hey, you're going to kind of go back into basketball, and you're like, no, not really. I think I'm cool doing what I'm doing. I'll leave that there. Um, Andrew Leone, currently works at Piper Sandler, not whatever I said before, (laughs) capital markets with community banks, billions of dollars, played at Fairfield University, assistant to the director of basketball (laughs) operations. Really appreciate your time today, man.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of For the Love of Sports with Andrew Leone. As I said, such a cool dude. He was so much fun to get to chat with and learn about and understand where he's coming from and how he did it. So very, very grateful for that. Please make sure to follow him on all of his socials. Everything is in the show notes. And please also make sure to give us a five-star review where applicable. It'll be super helpful. We would really appreciate it. So thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So I appreciate you giving me some of yours. And I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes,